Oh, hey, D-Makers, and welcome to the show where it's all about financial freedom with real estate. This episode is sponsored by Platform Builders. Platform Builders is a program that helps syndicators scale their businesses by attracting more investors so you can raise millions of dollars effortlessly in a few days like we do at Nighthawk. We actually teach you the exact systems that we use, uh, all the marketing, all the funnels and automations to do that. So if you're interested in that, check out the michaelblanc.com forward slash PB for Platform Builders. And uh, we have a free training that you can check out and learn more about exactly how you can build your platform to uh, to raise millions of dollars in days. I also want to give out a shout out to our iTunes reviewer, RX2RE. Love it. it. says, FIRE! FIRE! Financial Independence Through Real Estate. That's a great acronym. I love that. I'm going to have to do something with that. Michael Blanc and Garrett have inspired me. I've been with my YouTube job for over two decades now. I read your yellow book, listened to your podcast, have changed my mind and my perspective about life, family, and generosity. Thank you for what you do and for sharing all these experiences. Thank you for that feedback. Thanks so much. And uh, with that, let's bring on our co-host, Garrett Lynch. What's going on, Garrett? What's going on, Michael? You know, one of the things that we learned over the last year or so is is not treating all of our investors the same, but trying to encourage them building relationships with investors so they not only continue investing with us multiple times, but they increase the amount of investment. Because what happens is whatever the minimum investment amount is, $50,000, whatever, even if someone's looking to place a million dollars that year, they're going to put in $50,000. They just always gravitate towards the minimum. But how, what can people do to try to increase the amount of investments from investors? Yeah. So the first obvious way is that you can increase your minimums. <laughs> so right right out the gate, well, that's true. Uh, people that started at a lower minimum, they'll be like, oh, I got to put 75. Now. Oh, I got to put 100 now. But reality is uh, the more that you can spend time with the investor and actually build a one-on-one relationship with them and include a lot of value around what you're doing, um, the faster you're going to be able to make the asks to go up for your next raise in that certain circumstance. So what we'll do is if we're on site or if we're around doing something in the business, if there's a win, anything that happens, you have those key investors you have their phone number and you're texting them pictures, you're texting them, uh, whatever, whatever the wins are as they happen. And then you just chat about it for a while or just call them randomly, call them on a weekend that I actually call my investors on weekends. They pick up and we chat, we, we laugh about something and then that's it. Nothing about real estate. So those things really go far. Yeah, the thing thing is, I mean, you know, you want to build a relationship with people, but the problem is when you have a hundred or two hundred investors, it becomes very difficult. We realize this. My gosh, we can't do that with every investor. We're going to have to prioritize. We're like, my gosh, you know, not every investor is the same, and we we want to treat everybody the same, but the the reality is they're not. You know, some have a net worth of ten million, some have a net worth of five hundred thousand, whatever the case may be. You know, where in our limited time, where should we spend our time? And you got to prioritize, right? So we kind of create a list and go, hey, these 15 people, we just really want to go deep with them. And you've met them personally. You've sent them gifts. And, you know, we meet them when we have customer, uh, property visits. It, it is a lot of effort. Uh, it is. But it's it, but you can't do it for everybody. So I think at one point when you start having more than, say, 20 investors, it's really important that you try to identify which ones are your most important ones. Yeah. And the ones that are the most important, you you just set your qualification like, hey, what does this look like for me? So if if I had the ideal investor, what are they, what is their avatar? What do they do? What do they say? Where do they work? How do they interact with me? And you build that list out. 
And then, and then you, when you have someone that falls in the categories that you set out, you spend time with them and it's a smaller amount of investors, but it goes so much further and it makes your life so much better. And so, you know, we got really into that and, and it, this last raise went so fast and, and it was way more enjoyable than any of the past raises because of how much focus we put this kind of technique. Yeah, today in the show is Perry Marshall, uh, who's been most well-known for the 80-20 sales and marketing book that he wrote. Super popular book. The concept you're going to learn in this podcast is unbelievable because the 80-20 rule is everywhere. Now, we're going to make Perry apply the 80-20 rule to our business, syndication business and investors. And it's going to be absolutely fascinating what you're going to learn. Perry Marshall is one of the most expensive business strategists in the world, and we got him on the podcast and we didn't have to pay him anything, Gary. It's awesome. But he's endorsed in Forbes and Inc. Magazine. He's authored eight books, super prolific. He announced uh, at the London's Royal Society the world's largest science research challenge, and he got the $10 million Evolution 2.0 prize. And uh, he his reinvention of the Pareto Principle, which is the 80-20 rule, was actually published in the Harvard Business Review. Super smart guy. Uh, he basically invented the, the pay-per-click industry. When Google ads first come out, he was the first guy doing it. He wrote the book on it. Super popular marketing guy, consultant. And we have him on the podcast to talk about how we can apply the 80-20 rule to syndication. Let's do this. You're listening to the Financial Freedom with Real Estate Investing podcast, hosted by Garrett Lynch and Michael Blanc where we talk all about how you can achieve financial independence through apartment building investing. Whether you're just starting out or you want to scale your syndication business, this is the show for you. This is the show for you. Perry, welcome to the show today. It is great to be on the show. It's an honor and we get to talk to real estate investors today. Yeah, I'm really happy right. about that. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and in a marketing context, I, I know it makes no sense listening to people. What, well, we'll figure it out. We'll so you've been around for, for a good long while. For people who have not or maybe heard about you, can you give us a little background on yourself? So people know me as the guy that wrote the world's best-selling book on internet advertising, which is the Google AdWords book, Ultimate Guide to Google Ads. Also wrote Ultimate Guide to Facebook Advertising, which is the best-selling book on Facebook ads. And 80-20 sales and marketing has kind of become a Bible of marketing, the numbers of marketing. And so I believe the, the reason that you had me come here today is that most real estate investors, they think they're just going to like buy an apartment complex and then the checks are going to show up and then they find out they have to make people come and live in the apartment complex. Or if they flip the house, they got to get somebody to buy the house. And guess what? That's marketing. So I, I, I've got tons of friends who are real estate investors. And well, in fact, when I moved to Chicago, now I, I would not call myself a real estate investor, but when I moved to Chicago, we bought a brick bungalow with an in-law apartment in the basement and the $150 rent from the in-law apartment was the only way that we were going to make our mortgage payment. And so real estate is a good thing. We love real estate. And yes, we do think we're in the real estate investing business. And in fact, like you said, uh, we're all in marketing and sales. If anybody has kids, we're marketing and selling every single day. Now, you wrote that book, 80-20 Rule, and it was, it was fascinating. Can you explain to me, let's uh, hear what the principle is behind 80-20 and why we should care? Well, 80-20 comes from real estate. So Vilfredo Pareto was an Italian economist 100 years ago, and he, he was looking at all these different countries, and he figured out 
that 20% of the people own 80% of the real estate and 20% of the people own 80% of the wealth and the other 80% of the people only own 20% of the real estate and the other 80% only own 20% of the wealth. And it was true in every country. And it didn't even really seem to matter what kind of government they have or what kind of economic system they have or what kind of policies they have. And so we call this the 80-20 rule. Well, I had heard somewhere 80% of your purchase orders and, and your sales come from 20% of your customers and, and, and vice versa. I thought, well, is that true? And I did a QuickBooks report and I'm like, I'll be darned. All of our, like all the orders that came into our company, 80% of the orders came from 20% of the customers. And I didn't really do anything about it. I didn't really get it. But fast forward a couple of years, I read a book by Richard Koch and he made this comment about 80-20 has a whole lot to do with chaos theory. Well, the first thing, I mean, I'm not, there's no dissertation here, but you know, chaos theory is like, well, why do cracks go through your windshield the way that they do? And why is the butterfly effect like, why is it true that you could like, you know, wave your raincoat in the air and possibly start a hurricane somewhere six months from now? It's because of patterns inside of patterns inside of patterns. And when he said that, I was like, wait a minute, is there an 80-20 inside it? every 80, 20, because wait a second, if that's true, my whole idea of the world just suddenly shattered and went out the window. And I started looking like, I'll be darned, that's right. Which actually means this is like one of the most important things I ever learned. Like, how come I didn't learn it till now? Like, how come it took me like 30 years to find this out? Yeah, it's it's like it's like reading Rich Dad Poor Dad for the first time and learning about passive income. You're like, what? Where has this been all my life? But now you angle to this to this eighty twenty rule, which applies in many parts of the you you took a sales and marketing angle to it, and you you took it in a way to help actually help companies scale. How? Yeah. Why is that relevant to anyone who wants to scale? And so we're in the syndication business. We want to scale our business. Why should we care? Why is that important? Okay, so if it's true that 80% of your income comes from 20% of your properties and 80% of your rent checks from come from 20% of the renters and 80% of the gains in the stock market come from 20% of the stocks, which is all true. Okay, there's another step, which is 80% of the 80% comes from 20% of the 20% and 80% of the 80% of the 80% comes from 20 of the 20 of the 20 and it keeps going. Okay, so. That means 1% of your properties produce 50% of your income. 1% of your investments produce 50% of your profits. 1% of your customers make 50% of the purchases. And so what that means is that all of our businesses are complex and there's all this stuff and there's all these spreadsheets and there are all these forms and letters and deals and contracts and whatever. But the fact is, is that 1% of it produces half of everything. And that means it's worth at least half your attention. So your, your attention should be hugely disproportional. It means several other things. It means there's a whole bunch of stuff in any business. I mean, I'm talking any business. There's a whole bunch of stuff that should mostly be ignored. 
And then it says there's a whole bunch of stuff that just should be cut out. So 80-20 says that, so let's say you own a bunch of houses or apartment, a whole bunch of rentals. 80% of your maintenance and your mint calls at midnight and the plumber and the leaky roof come from 20% and 50% come from 1%. 50% of your headaches come from 1% of your renters. And guess what? Those renters have certain characteristics, which you may notice if you observe very carefully. Like, I don't know if anybody's seen those like pictures of people at Walmart website, right? So you, you start to figure stuff out and, and it goes across all dimensions and all bands. Okay. So we could only be talking about apartment buildings, or we could only be talking about rental, renting houses. And there would be these 80-20 levers, these tiny hinges that swing huge doors. And most people are oblivious and they're polishing turds. So Perry, this is, uh, I mean, a phenomenal point. Actually, this is funny. The first time I ever learned this was when somebody said, hey, I bet you only wear 20% of the clothes in your closet. And I was like, wow, that's, that's, that's <laughs> actually so true. true. Oh, <laughs> my know, God. It's true. I think, wear the same five think shirts that. every single week. Think, think, you, think of your closet, right? <laughs> you only yeah, wear 20% which means of it. <laughs> you can get rid of two-thirds of your clothes, and it wouldn't make a bit of difference. You look, you overlook everything else and you're like, oh. But you know, it's it's interesting you say that. And I, I've forgotten about the 80-20 rule when it comes to investors, for example. But, and we just realized this about six, 12 months ago. You know, all investors are not created equal. When you say, hey, the investment minimum is $50,000, everyone's coming in with $50,000, even if someone could come with a million dollars. Now what we're realizing, oh my gosh, we actually get 80% or raised from 20% of our investors if we engage them correctly if we build relationships. So back to your point, Perry, how do you spend your time? It's not, you know, split 20 different ways. No, you're spending your time with maybe three or four individuals and you're really, really going deep with that. That's very interesting. Yeah. So I want to take what you just said. I want to take a little detour and then it's going to amplify what you said a thousand times. So in my book, 8020 Sales and Marketing, I talk about the principle of the $2,700 espresso machine. And what it says is that if you run a, a coffee shop, if you, if you own a Starbucks, if, if a thousand people a week come and buy a $5 latte, it's basically a law of physics, like gravity. If a thousand spent $5, one of them will spend $2,500 on a gleaming, shiny, stainless steel espresso machine. Because there's a disproportionate amount of itch. So the, the fact that they spent the $5 says that they have a coffee itch and they like coffee, okay? But 80-20 says that 1% of those people want to give you 50% of your money because they have an overwhelming coffee itch. They have like the money is burning a hole in their pocket. They like vibrating and shaking from the caffeine. And so the demand, the pent-up demand is there, and they'll spend way, like 500 times more money to get that thing. And you will reliably sell one of those things every week, every week. Well, this applies to investors too, okay? So if you had a 1,000 people who invested $50,000, you'll have one person that invests 500 times $50,000, 
like whatever that is, is 25 million or whatever. <laughs> what, I can't right. That's a good point. And that's very, very true. You just don't know it in the beginning, right? Right. And, and, and so, so anytime you have a bunch of people who all did the same thing, 1% of those people want to do it 50x and 20% of those people want to do it 5x, like they want to do it way more. Okay. And so this means, yes, if you had 10 people give you $50,000, one of them will give you 500. And it's almost a law of physics. Like if, if in fact, if they don't, you failed to do something correctly. It means either you didn't ask them or, or the, there was something wrong with the pitch or something wrong with the offer or something like something. But but they should. It should work that way. But the argument is, you know, then stop taking fifty thousand dollars from investors and only take five hundred thousand dollars from investors. But the problem with that is, there is a bit of a I, I'm going to call it a funnel in marketing terms, right? I mean, yes. so you you need someone to come in at, and and enter your world. You know, right. your Planet Perry. You need someone to come into Planet Perry at one point, and even if they buy a seven dollar whatever, now they're in there. But then your job is to figure out. Well, you need to segment them. Can you maybe talk about? you know, segmenting your, your audience and, and figuring out, well, who are those 20% that I should be spending time with? Yeah. I want to illustrate this with a story. So I've got a good friend named John Paul Mendocha. And when he was 17 years old, he dropped out of high school, hitchhiked from Denver to Las Vegas and became a professional gambler. His mother was so thrilled about this, that she went to mass every morning and lit a candle and prayed for him. And she should have, because like he was messing around with some nasty cats. Okay. As, as you'll, as you'll soon learn. So he's in Vegas, he's living there a few weeks. He's living by his wits. He's playing poker for a living in all these casinos. And he's like, this is a little harder than I thought it was going to be. And he goes to a gambling bookstore with just gambling books. And he's roaming around in the gambling bookstore and he bumps into this guy named Rob, and he finds out Rob runs a professional gambling ring, which is exactly the kind of guy that his mother hoped that he would meet when he got to Las Vegas, right? And, and he's like, do you think you could teach me how to win more poker games? And Rob says, for a percentage of the winnings, I could teach you how to win more poker games. And so they shake on it. And so as soon as they shook hands, jump in the Jeep, John, we're going for a ride. So they get in the Jeep and they're going down the highway. And John says, okay, how do I win more poker games? And Rob says, you have to find people who are going to lose, not people who are going to win. And those people are called marks. And John goes, okay, where do I find marks? And he goes, here, I'll show you. And he pulls into a parking lot of a strip club and they go in a strip club. There's women and music and loud rock and roll and people talking and dance poles and everything. Lots of distractions. And Rob sits John down at the table. Rob carried a sawed-off shotgun everywhere he went. He pulls a sawed-off shotgun out of his jacket. He holds it under the table. He opens the chamber and then he slams it shut. And it goes, and like some biker dudes over in the corner, they're like, hey, where'd that noise come from? And the owner comes over the table and he goes, hey, uh, what's going on over here? It's all right. Just teaching the lad a lesson. Never mind us. 
Not going to start any trouble here. John, Rob, did you see those biker dudes when they heard that noise? And John goes, yes. And he goes, don't play poker with them because they're not marks. <laughs> play poker with everybody else. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. And, and, and so that's, that was literally how John figured out who's the kid who flew in from Wichita with $5,000 from his grandmother, and he thinks he's coming to lost wages. Well, that kid doesn't recognize that noise, right? Everything you do is racking the shotgun, okay? So if you put an ad in the newspaper, I've done this before. In fact, when I rented that little in-law apartment, I had learned some marketing stuff. And I knew that I could, so you're selling a car, you're selling a house, you're selling an apartment. You get all these phone calls, right? And they ask the same questions over and over and over again. And then you make an appointment for them to show up and they don't show up, right? Okay, so I recorded a voicemail and I spent like a minute and a half explaining the apartment. Okay, it's got one bedroom and it's got a bath and it's got this and that. And and then I said, if you want to an appointment to come and see the apartment, send an email to suchandsuch.com. And then we get an appointment. And so then I spend more money on advertisements than I normally would because I know that most people. They're going to hang up in the middle of the voicemail. They're not going to obey the instructions. And that was a recipe for renting an apartment to like one out of two people who come to see the apartment and having no phone calls that I have to answer with, you know, manually versus. You're qualifying the lead, right? You're racking a shotgun, meaning you're, you're asking them to raise their hand. Yes. In, in some form or fashion, you're asking them to do something like, you know, as we all know, hiring someone from Upwork is hit and miss, for example. Well, if you ask them to answer three questions, the quality is going to be much higher. So it's the same thing. Whatever you put a message out, a call to action or something that segments them and helps them identify what they are, it simplifies everything. Yes. And so you make somebody do something. You make somebody jump through a hoop. Okay. And and you you have disqualifications all along the way, and then you you invest more in getting more people in the top of the funnel, so you only get the needles in the haystacks that you want at the bottom of the funnel. All right. The peril here, for example, is that we want to take calls from investors. Let's say we have a lead come in, someone hears us on a, in a, somewhere a meetup or a podcast or whatever. So approach number one is simply send them to your Calendly page. And now everybody and their mom can schedule a, a call with you. Yes, but how do you know if they're qualified or not? Versus putting a form in front of it, for example, slightly more work. And now you have to tell me, well, how much do you want to invest? What's your net worth? And I ask you a bunch of questions. Well, that's going to eliminate everybody who doesn't have $50,000, let's say, to invest. So therefore, now I'm only talking to people who have $50,000 to invest. Now, so my quality goes up. Also, in that call, I can better understand them and see maybe I can ask, hey, how much are you worth? Well, I'm worth $10 million. And now I know you're in the top 5% maybe. Now maybe I can spend a little bit more time with that person. Yeah, exactly.
So I'm really excited about our mentoring program because of the results that we're achieving for our students. It's really the only program out there that guarantees results, meaning that we can guarantee you're going to do your first deal in the first 12 months. And uh, no one else does that. And we can do that because we have figured out the blueprint to getting people to do your first deal. So if you value mentorship and you feel like it can accelerate your goals, allow you to scale bigger and avoid the expensive mistakes, then check out our mentoring program. It's at themichaelblank.com forward slash mentor. You can ch- you can schedule a call with us there, a strategy session, and see if mentoring is right for you. That's themichaelblank.com forward slash mentor. The 80-20 never goes away per se. It just gets more and more quality. Is that correct? So so you keep, you're, you're improved, you're chopping out the, those unqualified people. And now the new 80-20 is a higher quality candidate in general. And you keep doing that over and over again until you've refined that. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah, that's accurate. Because so when you start out and you don't know anything, you're just like slinging mud against the wall and seeing what sticks. But as, as soon as you start figuring out, oh, well, the kind of people that that actually rent the apartment or buy the stuff or the kind of investors that I, who what whatever the criteria is like well it tends to be people like that this and not people like that so you stop advertising you know, in that neighborhood or you stop advertising in that newspaper or you stop advertising on that website and you put the money over in this one and then and then you rinse repeat because the pattern will continue as, as you climb the ladder and you go to higher and higher and higher quality investors, buyers, renters, clients, customers, you keep getting better at dialing it in. And so, you know, initially, like at one time you were just like looking for anybody at the bus station. And then eventually you're at the country club and you're like, these are the kind of people I should be talking to. And, and the ones in the room are the ones that actually want to listen to me. And I don't waste all this time playing patty cake with all of these people. Yeah. I mean, the 2080 rule, I mean, there, there's a reason why you use it to scale companies. I mean, I've heard you say that's, uh, it's kind of the ultimate shortcut and predictor of outcomes. It and, is. you know, how else can people apply the 8020 rule to their business? Like we talked about how we segment, identify investors, but how else? As you said, there's a lever, right? It's all it's all lever. What is the 20% of activity I can do that produces 80% of the result? And I should be asking myself that question every single day, every single week. Uh, how else can people apply that in their business, for example? There is a really wonderful rule called the 2120 rule. And it says that. of what you do makes 120% of the money you made last year. And then the bottom 20% lost money and got you from 120% down to the 100 that you actually made. Okay, so if I own 10 rental properties, I made 120% of last year's income on two of them. And two of them lost 20% of my money, bringing me down to what I actually made. So in other words, <laughs> I see. Right. Okay, in other words, <clears throat> I see. 10 to 20% of anything you do is actually taking you backward. Yeah. Right, right, right. And most people don't know it. Okay, so 
Let, uh, let's let's make it a little easier. Let's say you have 30 rental properties. There is one you already know for sure it loses you money. You shouldn't have it. You should dump it. You should get rid of it. I don't care if it was your first one and I don't care if you remodeled it or what emotional attachments that you have. Get rid of it, okay? And you know it for sure. And then if you actually did a proper cost accounting, like if you had your bean counters run all the numbers, they would figure out, good grief, 10% of my portfolio is bleeding me money, even though it looks like I'm coming out ahead. And then you stop, like you stop investing in that and you and you invest in more of the good stuff. This is, by the way, this is true in any aspect of a business that you can just about imagine. It's fascinating. I mean, I, I when I hear the 80-20 rule, what resonates with me is that, you know, do the things that produce the most results. But what I didn't realize is that there's actually the other 20% that suck you dry. Therefore, what is that 20% that's sucking you dry? Stop doing that. It reminds me of a of apartment building we had. It was one of the earlier ones. And literally, it, it produced no income whatsoever and sucked up 80% of our time. Like every single week, it was Thankfully, we we sold it. We're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that's... So I love this and I love looking for the 80-20 rule everywhere we are. I do want to ask you about your new book, but before we get there, how can people get this book? Because it is most certainly required reading and it is more of like an aha, like like Rich Dad Poor Dad in, in that way. Where do you want people to go to get, the, to get that book? So you can get 80-20 sales and marketing for about 18 bucks on Amazon or if you go to sell8020.com, you can buy it for $7, including shipping, like seven bucks. And this is, this is a book that will change your life. And I am, I am taping dollar bills to every book that goes out. Okay. And I'm doing it deliberately. Like I buy these from the publisher. Like I didn't self-publish this book. I literally buy these from the publisher and sell them essentially below cost. Why do I do that? It is very, very deliberate because I figured out that 20% of the people that read that book become serious fans. And they, they buy our training programs, they come to our seminars, they sign up for our workshops, and they become clients. And it's, it's a really great way to acquire customers. So you can go to sell8020.com, buy 8020 sales and marketing. This book will change your life. In fact, you will not look out the window without seeing 8020. You'll see 80-20 fractals everywhere. Now, yes. you're really well known for the 80-20 and then the ultimate guide to Facebook advertising, of course, Google ads. But you recently published an unusual book for you called Memos from the Head Office. And I'm just curious, what precipitated that, uh, Perry? And what is the message that you want to get out to the millions in that book? Let me tell you a story that's in this book that maybe we'll explain. So I had a workshop at my house a few years ago and two-day workshop had a handful of people and we're eating dinner the night of the first day of the workshop and this guy says i had so much fun today i didn't think about my lawsuit all afternoon and i go lawsuit he goes oh oh i i don't want to get into that just never mind so okay we go on so the next morning i was doing what i call renaissance time and that's when I get my emotional and spiritual space. I read scripture. I pray. I listen. I journal. And so I'm journaling in my notebook and I'm just kind of trying to, you know, get synchronized with heaven and like get my spirit in the right spot. And I asked 
the head office, as I like to call it, a question. I'm writing, just kind of talking to God. What should I talk about at the workshop today? And the answer I got that just came right back was ask the guy about his lawsuit and talk to him about inner healing and forgiveness. Okay. So this is like 6.30 in the morning. Okay. So everybody shows up at nine and we do housekeeping and we're almost into it. And I look at my watch, it's 9.20. And I go, oh, I'm supposed to ask you about your lawsuit. Tell me about your lawsuit. And he goes, oh, okay. Well, he's sitting there with his wife. She's there. He goes, well, I got the sexual harassment lawsuit. It's a former employee. I didn't do anything, but there's no witnesses. And so it's her word against mine. This has been dragging on for two years now. I've been given money to lawyers, and I'm terrified this thing's going to go to a jury. I have no idea. It's just been hanging over my head. This is the awfulest thing. And I said, well, I said, this is very counterintuitive, but I would like you to just like tell God that even though this person is trying to strangle you, that you want to forgive her and that you want good things to happen to her in her life. And he looks at me and his wife looks at me and they're like, okay, I get it. All right. And so they kind of nod. and. Then his phone buzzes and he pulls it out. And I look at my watch, it's 924. So we've been talking about this for four minutes. He pulls his phone out and he goes, it's my attorney. He wants me to call. I go, it's good news. And his wife goes, it's never good news when that guy calls. Take the call. So he leaves a room, he comes back. In fact, it was right in here. Comes back in here and he goes, they want to settle. And they want to settle for $10,000 less than I thought two weeks ago I'd be willing to settle for. He went home. He wrote a $120,000 check. And it was over. Now, my question for everybody listening is, do you think it's just a coincidence that in the four minutes, that remember, this has been going on for two years, that two years and four minutes later, after he forgave the person, that the lawsuit got cleared up. Is that a coincidence? Or was that a memo from the head office? Memos from the head office is a book about situations like that, that business people have to deal with, and where sometimes there is no MBA, there is no analysis, there is no business book that is going to tell you what to do, and sometimes you need other kinds of inspiration. I love that. That is a very different book for you. And I've had similar experiences, by the way, that are equally coinkadinkle, but it has something to do with, you know, some acceptance and forgiveness and a certain degree of peace. And I've had that happen many times. So I, I want to read your book and everybody listening, watching this should do the same thing. I think that is really cool. What I found is a lot of almost every entrepreneur I, I meet spirituality and faith plays a, a major role, whether you're Christian or not. It, it doesn't really matter. The point is a lot of the entrepreneur's strength comes from their uh, grounding in, in faith. So I, I love that. It's a great book, and I can't wait to read it. Perry, how can people connect with you? We already know where you get the book, sell8020.com. Well, how can people find you? You're not hard to find. 
just go to perrymarshall.com and uh, just scroll down and sign up for the first email box that you find. And like, I promise you, I'll punch you in the face, like from the word go and we'll, we'll grab you by the lapels and we'll shake you and, and, and we'll, we'll make you do the 80 twenties are going to make your life and your business more profitable and more enjoyable and less headaches and less gray hair and less wrinkles and less misery. I love it. Short. Love it so much. Perry, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you. It's an honor. So Garrett, the 80, 20 rule is everywhere. Yeah. I actually love this topic because when you start to think about it and go deep into everything in your life, you start applying it. Like it'll really, it, it kind of gives you like the chills. <laughs> so like, wow, everything that I do, the places I eat, the people I see, the people I spend time with, it really all applies and all goes back to this 80-20 rule. And that's that's why I love how we were able to kind of dissect that and go a little bit deeper into what that really means. Yeah, I mean, the 80-20 rule, I'm, I need to pay more attention to it because I was aware that 20% of your efforts bring 80% of the outcomes. But we don't look at it enough. We're, you know, we're doing our objectives for Q4 in 2022, and we're like, my gosh, what exactly are we doing with minimal effort that if we just applied a little bit more effort, we can get 80% of the results? And conversely, which you pointed out today, what 20% of activities should we stop doing because they're dragging us down? And sometimes this can be very difficult decisions when you stop doing something that you've started and you have some kind of emotional attachment to it. Uh, so where can we apply the any 20 rule in our lives and our business? And what I didn't really understand is what happens after that. So what, what are the results of you cognitively thinking about the 80-20 rule and then you apply, you cut out the things that maybe aren't serving you? What happens then? I didn't really have a good answer for that. He's like, okay, now what? And the reality is, is it resets and now you have a more quality version of that moving forward. So your life it's easier in some respect. And so that was really eye-opening for me. And then from there, we pivoted into the 21-20 rule, which is that 20% of what you do actually cuts back on you on the 120% right. of what you do. I honed in on that too. That was yeah, pretty that cool. Was I, cool. I did not know that principle. That's really cool. But you know, I like to like that, you know, 20% of your investments produce 80% of the return. And we would love to be in that 20% of your investments because we actually have, uh, we buy apartment buildings and we offer those as investment opportunities for, for you guys watching and listening to this. If you're interested in investing in multifamily syndications, we'd love to have a conversation with you, build a relationship with you. And we're at nighthawkequity.com. Just go to nighthawkequity.com, click the join button, fill out a short form. Okay, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna have to rack the, the shotgun there. If you don't fill out the form, then you get you don't get a call. So you gotta fill out the form. If you don't, you're not gonna have a call. That's how we how we do it here. And then we have a call with you guys, and uh, we'd love to build a relationship with you and have you invest with us and uh, and be that portfolio that's producing cash flow and appreciation and tax benefits. So check us out there. Thanks so much for your time here. Hope you found that valuable, inspiring. Catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Take the next step toward financial freedom by downloading the free blueprint on closing your first multifamily deal. Head over to themichaelblanc.com slash blueprint to get the free training.